we're glad you guys are here today, and we're super excited about what an awesome service we've already had today, and really just jumping in uh, to part two of our SOAR study, You Can SOAR. And today is uh, seven days uh, into our 21 days of prayer, fasting, and giving, and I really hope uh, that you have uh, begun to really reconnect. That's kind of been the three things we said we really feel like we can, we can uh, experience through prayer, fasting, and giving is that we want to reconnect with God, we want to refine our hearts to make room for the Holy Spirit, and then we want to refocus our thoughts and our attention on the things that matter most to God. And so I hope you've had a great uh, seven days. I hope you're having fun, right? We said this is going to be a fun fast. And uh, so I hope you're having some fun disciplining your body. I had somebody come up to me this morning and tell me last night when they went to sleep, they dreamed they ate a big old pile of meat that they weren't supposed to meet. And he said, I woke up in a panic. <laughs> And so maybe you're dreaming about food while you're fasting. Uh, that's okay. That just means the flesh is uh, being crucified. Amen. And uh, so you're winning some battles along the way. Uh, let me just share a great big victory uh, that really uh, is just uh, a testimony to the power of prayer, fasting, and giving. Uh, last Sunday, uh, our family, uh, Kelly and I specifically, got to celebrate with someone that for 28 years we have been praying and investing and believing God for. And last Sunday in another church in another town, that individual that we have been praying for, investing in, uh, had made a confession of faith and got baptized last Sunday morning after 28 years of prayer, fasting, giving, investing. And I just say that to you today because, man, it was an awesome time, and I got to meet with a gentleman this week, and he was telling me about the whole experience and being baptized and what God was doing and how many exciting things were happening in his life. And, I mean, just 28 years since we've been married, we've been praying for this individual and to see God after 28 years of prayer, fasting, giving, investing, serving, loving, praying, and uh, doing all the things that we do as Christians for those that we love to see God bring it to fulfillment. What an awesome joy. And so I want to encourage you, it works, amen? And it may not work in 21 days, and you may not see what you want to see in 21 days happen, but I promise you this, the 21 days that you invest in connecting to God, refining your heart, and refocusing your attention on the things that matter most to God are 21 days that will become a seed that will produce a harvest for the glory of God. And you will get to see the glory of the Lord, amen? If you will just stay focused and stay fast on what God's called us to. So, amen. So I wanted to share that with you guys this morning. We'll look in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 through 31. The Bible says, Have you never heard, have you never understood that the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth? He never grows weak or weary, and no one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youth will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord, and we'll read that again, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Look at that first point on your outline. We said that soar, and we began our 21-day devotional together. This is actually a 30-day devotional, but many of you uh, got the book. And if you didn't get one, we do have a few more available out front today after service. But this whole 30-day uh, devotional process right here is really designed to do a couple things. We said, number one, it is designed to help us uh, deepen our trust in the Lord. And we talked real briefly last week about that. We just simply said, how do I deepen my trust in the Lord. I've got to 
know God more because the more I know Him, the more I'll trust Him. And so this whole 21 days of prayer, fasting, and giving is about helping me and you know God more intimately than we've ever known God before because the more I know Him, the more I'll trust Him. And the more I'll have confidence that He is who He says He is and that He'll do what He said He would do in my life. The second thing we said is that this whole process is really designed to help us cultivate a daily discipline. And we learned last week, we shared a quote from John Maxwell that if you want to change your life, you got to change something you're doing daily, right? And so if you want to have lasting change, there has to be a daily discipline. Lasting change only comes as a result of a daily discipline being applied to our lives. So hopefully over these next 21 days we're going to cultivate a daily discipline of deepening our relationship with God so we can know Him more and trust Him more. And the more we trust Him, the more we will mount up, right, on wings like eagles and run and not grow weary and walk and not faint. We also said that this process is designed to invigorate uh, our hearts and our minds. And I hope that as you've worked through uh, the seven days so far of our devotion together, that you have been challenged intellectually. I hope you had to think, right? There are some questions and some interaction in this process, and I hope you've had to think about uh, what are my observations, what are my revelations, what are my priorities for today, what am I going to do today in light of what I've learned. And so I hope it's kind of invigorated you and, uh, and, and kind of kicked you into a, a point where you're uh, engaging intellectually in a relationship with God and emotionally. Uh, because I found out that when I engage intellectually, uh, my thoughts cultivate emotions, and I begin to feel some things, and God begins to minister and really activate uh, my heart emotionally. And so I begin to feel His presence. So I hope you're feeling Him, amen? And I hope you're sensing His presence in a new way. And then we said this process is also geared uh, toward really strengthening our spirit, man. We want to grow in the spirit. We want to be stronger spiritually. Paul said, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And so we really want to uh, see our spirit man strengthened. And so we feed our spirit man and we give place to the Holy Spirit. And out of those things, as we cultivate that daily, all of a sudden we become spiritually stronger. I want to be, I want to have more spiritual power at the end of this 21 days than I've ever had. I want to walk in a greater anointing and a greater power of the Holy Spirit than I've ever had before, and I want to continue to cultivate and build on that. And then the last thing we said is that this process is designed to help us mount up on wings, empower us to mount up on wings like eagles and soar. We said that simply is defined this way. Uh, God wants to empower you uh, to live the best version of your life, to live your life at the highest level. And we said that simply means, very practically, it means that when you are rightly connected to God and you're cultivating that intimate relationship with Him, then all of a sudden what happens is the winds of adversity that were intended to drive you to the ground and crash and burn feel the wings of opportunity, right? And you begin to mount up on wings like eagles and soar. And so all of a sudden what was intended to cause you to crash and burn actually elevates you to a new level. Because we said, guess what? When somebody acts like the devil to you, you don't have to act like the devil to them. When somebody's hateful to you, you don't have to be hateful to them. When somebody's callous and cold to you, you don't have to be callous and cold to them. And guess what? Every time you refuse to act like the devil, you mount up on wings like an eagle, and you start soaring above the circumstances and situations of your life, and you begin to climb to brand new heights in Christ. And that's amazing. Because that's what God desires 
for our life. So look at that next little point. We said really simple. There's seven steps we're going to work through through this process to personal growth and spiritual significance. Step one, last week, good morning, Holy Spirit. Boy, I hope you grabbed hold of that. I hope that your, your spiritual connection with the person of the Holy Spirit has went to a whole new level because when you say good morning, Holy Spirit, and then you begin to acknowledge Him and invite Him into every aspect and every area and every arena of your life, the more you acknowledge Him, the more He engages in your life. And the more he not only engages, the more he empowers, the more he comforts, the more he helps, the more he strengthens, the more he leads, and the more he guides. So the more you acknowledge and invite him in, the more engaged he becomes in your daily life. And so I hope over the last seven days, just from last Sunday, that good morning Holy Spirit has become a vital part of your daily life. Now step two and step three is what we're going to look at today. So let's look at step two. So step two is daily confessions. Daily confessions. If you're going to grow personally and live a life of spiritual significance where your life actually matters beyond the temporal, right? We don't want temporal reward. We want eternal reward. We don't want to live for a temporal moment. We want to live for an eternal reward. We said it a couple weeks ago. We're not living for the applause of men. We're living for the reward of the Lord. That's what it's all about. And so if I'm going to have personal growth and spiritual significance, then I'm going to have to make sure there is a daily confession of faith that lines up with the Word of God. I've got to say what God says about me. I've got to say what God says about you, which is sometimes the hardest thing to do. Think about that for just a minute. Sometimes we want to confess who we want to be, and we want to confess who they are. Well, they're just mean. Well, is that who they want to be? Well, they're just cruel. Is that who they want to be? Well, they're just spiteful. Is that who they want to be? Well, they're just critical. Is that who God's called them to be? See, sometimes we want to say, I'm loving and kind, and you're hateful and mean. So we've got to understand that we need a daily confession of faith that declares the Word of God over our lives over the lives of other people, and even over our circumstances and situations that come against us. And so why is a daily confession important? Here it is. Because your words have power. How many know that little saying, sticks, uh, sticks and stones? How's it go again? I always say it wrong. Y'all know that. How many know that's a lie? Hit me with a stick. Right? I'll get over that. I'll forget about that. That wound, that bruise will heal. But you know what I know about words? Words do hurt. Because words have power. As a matter of fact, words have so much power, I've seen people that 20 years later, a word that was spoken over them when they were 13, 20 years later at 33 is still affecting and impacting and dictating and controlling their life. You're stupid. You're dumb. You're ugly. You'll never amount to anything. Nobody will ever love you. Nobody will ever care for you. You're never going to accomplish anything in life. Nobody wants to be around you. And I've seen people 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years old whose lives are still being dictated and controlled by a word that was spoken over them while they were a teenager. Words have power. Your words have so much power. You know what Jesus said about your words? He said, one day you and I are going to give an account to God for every idle word that we speak. Amen. 
God says your words are so important you're going to be judged according to your words. Now, if you're like me and you talk a lot, that makes you want to shut up. <laughs> but think about that. If Jesus said that our words are so important that one day on the day of judgment we're going to give an account for our words. Now, that's not our salvation based on our words, but it is our reward based on our words, and we're going to be accountable for the words that we have spoken. If your words did not matter and did not have power, then why would God want to judge you on them? They are significant. Your words have power. They are spiritual containers, right, that release life or release death, and we have to control our tongue. We need a daily confession of faith. And why is that important? Because we need something to start our day. How many of you understand that if you start out on the wrong foot, sometimes it's really hard to recover that day. But if you can cultivate a daily discipline where you are daily declaring and confessing the Word of God over your life, at the beginning of your day. And that's why I encourage people, whenever your day begins, whatever shift you work, if you work third shift, your day might begin, I don't know, at midnight. If you work second shift, it might begin at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. If you work first shift, it might begin at 5 a.m. I don't know when your day starts, but whenever your day starts, start your day with a daily confession of the Word of God. Why? Because if I can begin right, it helps me to finish strong. If I start wrong, oh, it's going to be a tough day. And so daily confessions are huge. Why? Because death and life are in the power of the tongue. If you look at the rest of that statement, it says not only are words spiritual containers that, but that determine, create life or death, but they will determine what you get since your words are the seeds of today that produce the fruit of your tomorrow. What you say is what you get, guys. And if you don't believe me, let me prove it to you. Think of the most negative person you know. Don't look at your neighbor. Think of the most negative person you know, and then think about the words they speak. Nothing ever works out for me. I'm never going to get ahead. I'm never going to get out of debt. Nothing ever goes my way. And then look at their life. And guess what? What they say is what they get. Their life is the fruit of their words. Well, Pastor Keith, you know, they're just saying the, the, the truth of what is. Now, let me, let me tell you there's a difference. God's Word is truth. There's a difference between fact and truth. The fact is maybe you've been a failure for the last 20 years. The truth is God has called you and prospered you and anointed you so you can have success, so you can be the head not the tail, the top not the bottom, the first and not the last, and whatever you put your hands to can prosper and you can have good success. That's truth. The fact is maybe I have not done any of those things for the last 20 years of my life, but the truth is God has called me to be above only and not beneath. That's truth. And what happens is many times we think we're being realistic when we're really being carnal. We think we're being realistic when we're really being carnal. Well, I just call it like I see it. Don't you love people like that? Those are always the most positive people to be around. Don't they fill your emotional tank up when you get around? I just call it like I see it, people. I'm like, see ya. Wouldn't want to be you. Right? I'm going to pray for you <laughs> from a distance. 
So we got to understand that daily confession is huge. Why is it huge? Because our words are producing the fruit of our life. Now think about the most positive person you know. They're speaking life. Man, I can do this. We're going to make it. We're going to overcome. Whatever I do prospers. We're going to come out of this. God's going to make a way. I don't care how hard it is right now. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. And you know what will happen? You look at that person's life, and their life is also the fruit of their words. Doesn't mean they don't have hard times. Doesn't mean they don't have bad times. But when the bad times come and the hard times comes and difficulty comes, they're not seeing the problem. They're declaring the solution. And they're speaking life. And we don't have to ignore the reality. God doesn't deny reality. God just declares truth. He calls those things that are not as though they were. He looked at Abraham who couldn't have kids, and he said, you're Abraham. You're Abram. You were Abram. You're going to be Abraham, the father of many nations. What did God do? God looked at a man. He didn't say, Abraham, something's wrong with you. No. He looked at him. He didn't deny the reality that he couldn't have kids. He just declared a new reality based on the purpose and plan and will of God. And so we need a daily confession that declares the reality of God's Word over our lives, not the facts of our last 20 years of mistakes. And so a daily confession is huge because death and life, right, Proverbs 18, 21, are in the power of the tongue. Hebrews eleven three 3 says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. God spoke the world into existence. God said, let there be, let there be, let there be. And you and I were created in the image and likeness of God to represent God in the earth. That same creative power that God used to speak the world into existence is alive and well in you. And your world will be framed, defined, dictated, limited by the words that you speak. See, when you speak death, it's kind of like saying, I'm going to run a race and every five steps I'm going to shoot myself in the foot. You're going to have a hard time winning that race. You're going to have a hard time having feet. <laughs> but that's what happens with the words that we speak. Death and life are in the power of our tongue. So look at that next point. So daily confessions spoken out loud five times every day out loud with passion builds your faith and cultivates corresponding action. I want to read Romans 10, 17, and then we'll come back to that, okay? Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So look back at that last statement. Daily confession spoken out loud. Why do you need to speak it out loud? Because faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You need to hear God's Word spoken over your life. You need to, de to daily declare the Word of God over your life. Why? Because faith comes by hearing. Isn't that how fear comes? Fear comes by hearing too. You hear a bad report from the doctor. You get a negative letter in the mail or a, a, some kind of a letter in the mail from a bill collector, and all of a sudden you hear the report of the enemy, and all of a sudden fear comes, right? Faith comes the same way. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And so as I declare the Word of God and I speak the truth of God over my life, guess what happens? It builds faith. And I need to say it out loud. Why? Because faith comes by hearing. Right? You, you don't need this under your breath confession. Under your breath confession is a thought. <laughs> you got to open your mouth. I, I, heard, I heard a guy make this statement recently. He said, he said, most people are not living their dreams because they're too busy living their fears. Think about how many times people say, 
I'm just so afraid. I'm afraid if I did this, this would happen. I'm afraid if I don't do this, it will happen. I'm afraid of this, and I'm afraid of that, and I'm afraid of this, and I'm afraid if I try this, I won't work. I'm afraid if I try that, things may not work out. I'm just afraid. Oh, and I'm so afraid. That little phrase, I'm afraid. I'm afraid if. I'm afraid if. I'm afraid. Most people are not living their dreams because they're too busy living their fears. And the reason they're living their fears is because they're speaking life to the things that are bringing death instead of speaking life to the things that bring life, which is God's dream, God's plan, God's purpose, God's word over your life and my life as we declare his promises over us. And you need to do it. I wrote in there five times a day. That was in the beginning of the book. I don't know if you caught that. And somebody asked me, why, why Pastor Keith, five times? Because I wrote five. We can really spiritualize it. Five's a number of grace, a lot of good stuff there, but the reality is I wrote five. I did it five times. I thought, well, that's a pretty good bit. Five seems to work. Let's do it five. You need to do it more than one. Let me tell you why. Because you need to hear it, and 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 you need to hear it. Why? Because you're constantly hearing the report of the enemy. You need to constantly be hearing the declarations of God over your life. It builds your faith, and I want you to see the last part on this statement, and it cultivates corresponding action. And I want you to hear this real quick. Sometimes people don't follow through with confessions of faith because they'll, they'll say something. I'm, I'm just going to read yesterday. So if you're on day six yesterday, here were the confessions of faith. We gave you, give you four every day. We give you a spiritual one, a personal one, a financial one, a relational one. The reason we do those four is very on purpose. Because you're never going to have personal growth and spiritual significance unless your spiritual life, your personal life, and your financial life and your relationships are in order. If those four things are not in order, there's always going to be something keeping you from fully becoming the person God wants you to be. Spiritually, personally, financially, relationally. Those four things are critical for your personal growth and your spiritual significance. And you get three out of four, you're going to do really good, but there's always going to be something tripping you up. There will always be something standing in the way between you and God's best for your life. So we give you those four areas because we believe those four areas are critical to personal growth and spiritual significance. So yesterday's confessions of faith are spiritually. I have a humble and obedient spirit. I am fully submitted to God's plan for my life. I am dependable, personal. I am dependable and trustworthy. How many know that's a good thing? I'm dependable and trustworthy. Financially, I have financial wisdom and discernment. Relationally, I am a life dispenser, and I give life to all my relationships. When I wrote that down, Holy Spirit kind of quickened that in my heart. The vision he gave me was of a little Pez candy dispenser. Y'all know the little Pez candy dispensers? And this is what the Lord said to me. He said, Keith, every time you open your mouth, I want something sweet to come out. Every time you open your mouth, I want something sweet to come out. Nobody fills their Pez candy dispenser with prunes. <laughs> Something sweet's coming out of there. It's a candy treat. I'm a life dispenser. I'm a life dispenser. I'm a life dispenser. And I give life to all my relationships. Now, here's what happens. This is where people get stuck sometimes. We start saying these confessions of faith, and we've not been living them. And so maybe we haven't been a life dispenser. Maybe we've been a critical, callous, cold person. Maybe we've been judgmental of people instead of being 
a life dispenser. Maybe we've been a critical dispenser. And so that happens, right? We've all, hey, we're all in different seasons of our life. But here's the problem. The problem is, is that when you start saying the confessions of faith and it doesn't line up with how you have been living your life, sometimes you feel like a hypocrite and I'm lying. Well, I can't say this because I'm not really doing this. Well, that's exactly why you need to say it. You need to say it so you can do it. Until you say it, you'll never do it. Until you say I'm a life giver, you'll never be a life giver. Until you, until you say I'm humble and obedient, you'll never be humble and obedient. Because you're saying something. And the reality is, is you're living the fruit of your words. So many times we say, I can't say that because that's not true. No, it's not fact. That is true. You are supposed to be a life dispenser, right? Out of your belly is supposed to flow rivers of living water. You are supposed to be a life dispenser. That's true. Fact is, maybe you've been mean. Fact is, maybe you've been cold. Fact is, maybe you've been critical. Truth is, you're supposed to be a life dispenser. Truth is, you're supposed to give life to people. Truth is, you're supposed to love people. That's truth. So what happens is, is we get that little check in here, says, I can't say that, that's a lie. And this is what the Holy Spirit said to me. He said, Keith, he said, that check is not that you're being a hypocrite and speaking a lie. That check that you're feeling is actually the truth chipping away at the lie. And that is demonic resistance that's trying to keep you from walking in truth by trying to keep you from speaking truth over your life. And so if you start declaring these confessions of faith and you start feeling like that's not true, I can't really say that, understand that's not hypocrisy on the inside of you. That is demonic resistance on the inside of you that is trying to keep you from declaring the truth of who God has called you to be. And let's be honest, who we really all want to be. And therefore, if I don't ever give life to it by my words, I'll never walk it out and live it in my life. So why do you need a daily confession? Because it changes your life. Amen? All right, look at that next point. Step three is meditation. We've got to meditate on the Word of God. We've got to renew our minds with God's Word. So we've got to speak the Word, and then we've got to meditate on the Word because we've got to think like God thinks. What you think about, two things here I want you to see is what you think about and how you think will determine whether or not you will mount up on wings like an eagle and soar. Two things, I want you to see this. What you think about. What you think about your family and how you think about your family. This is the process of thought. Those things have to line up with the Word of God. What you think about your family and how you think about your family has to line up with the Word of God. What you think about your finances and how you think about finances. I had an ungodly belief about finances for years. I used to say, I hate money. I wish I could live without money. God, let me do ministry and live my life. I don't want, it. I don't want any money from the church. I don't want any money. I just want to live by faith, God. I hate money. And guess what? When I hated money, money hated me. And I don't love money, I love God, and I use money. I love God, and I use money to do good. Amen? So what you think about and how you think, which is the process of your thought, those things have to line up with the Word of God. You have to renew your mind with the Word of God, or your life will never change. 
daily confessions, and now meditation. Philippians 4, 8, look at this. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts. You have to take authority over your thoughts. If you don't take authority over your thoughts, your thoughts will rule you. Your thoughts will be like an unruly child that will just constantly torment your mind. But when you take authority over your thoughts, all of a sudden your thoughts begin to, begin to feed and fuel the work that God wants to do in your life. I heard a guy make this statement. He said he, said he had done a, some study on neurological pathways, and that's like a million miles above what I think about on a daily basis. But he said there's so much research that's been done. It says the thoughts that you consistently think over and over again form pathways in your mind. And he said the more you think about the thought, the wider the pathway gets. He says, so it's kind of like a thought that you really think about becomes a six-lane highway. And a thought that you may occasionally think about might look like a little pig trail out in the woods. And the more you think a thought, the broader that thought gets. And then he made this statement. He said, and your mind has a natural tendency that you automatically respond and take the path that is the broadest or the easiest to travel. So if you've been thinking wrong for a long time, you've got a six-lane highway of wrong thinking that you default to very easily. Something goes wrong, you default to I'm worried and I'm mad. Something goes wrong and you default to I'm upset and I'm angry. Something goes wrong and you default to I'm frustrated and discouraged. And you just default to that. I mean, just like that. Just automatic, automatic, automatic. And then you got this little pig trail over here where you heard a sermon one time where you need to renew your minds and God loves you and God has a plan for your life and peace is normal for you. And you got to work really hard to get to that peace is normal for you versus I'm frustrated and I'm angry trail. Because this is a six-lane highway and this is a pig trail. But guess what? The more you think the thoughts that God thinks, the wider it gets and the smaller this one gets. And all of a sudden you turn the pig trails of the enemy into pig trails and you turn the glory of God into a highway of thought in your mind that empowers you and enables you to think the way God thinks and do the things God wants you to do and be the person God has called you to be. So we got to meditate. On the Word of God. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, and pure, lovely, admirable, and think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Romans 8, 6 says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Look at this next statement. Stephen, you can come on up, sir. You're currently living at the level of your thinking. You are currently living at the level of your thinking. Your life is perfectly producing what your thoughts are dictating. Your life is perfectly producing what your thoughts are dictating. So in order to change the level of your living, you have to change your thoughts. In order to change your thoughts, you have to meditate on the Word of God. Why? Because it's not an occasional thought. It's a consistent thought that broadens the highway in my mind, which causes me to go to default to God's thinking instead of the world's thinking. As we meditate on the Word of God, we renew our minds and we raise that bar of life and living. Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Let God transform you into a new person. How? By changing the way you think. Let God transform you into a new person. How? By changing the way you think. So how do I change the way I think? I have to meditate on the Word of God. Every day we give you a daily scripture. Look at that last point on your outline. 
So this is how you do it. This is how I renew my mind. This is how I raise the bar in my mind. I read the daily scripture. I need the word, read the word of God every day. Reread it slowly. And then listen to what it is saying. Write down your observations and revelations from the scripture and then meditate on the word. Read the scripture, reread the scripture, listen to the scripture, and I take it and put it in my phone. And when I have a break during the day, I open it up and I look at that scripture again. Now let me just let me give you something. The word meditate is interesting. There's a Hebrew word for meditate that literally means as a cow chews its cud. Now, for all of you non-cow owners in the house here today, uh, basically a cow chews cud because he has two stomachs. So he eats the grass, he swallows it, and then he regurgitates it back up into his mouth. It's a beautiful picture, right? Let's go back to the Pez candy. That'll be better for your mind. Sweet candy. He regurgitates it back into his mouth, and then he chews on it, and he chews on it, and that goes through a process. He just keeps chewing on that cud, that grass that he's already ate, until he gets all the nutrients out of it. That's what it means to meditate on the Word. And let me just encourage you in this. I think it would be better. This is Keith Hodges. I think it would be better for you to meditate on one scripture and digest it than to read three chapters and at the end of the day not know what you read. It'd be better for you to meditate on one scripture and digest it than to read three chapters and not know anything you read. So every day we give you a scripture. Today's scripture is 1 Thessalonians 5.14. This is a great scripture. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are unruly or lazy. Encourage those who are timid. Take care of those who are weak. And be patient with everyone. That last little phrase, I could probably chew on that till Jesus comes back. Be patient with everyone. That kind of sounds like don't choke them. Be patient with everyone. And so every day you need to read the Word and you need to meditate. You need to read it. You need to reread it. You need to read it again. You need to listen to it. You need to read it out loud because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And then you need to write down some observations and revelations. What is God showing you? What does the Scripture say? And then what is God saying to you through the Scripture? Observation is what does the Scripture say? Revelation is what does the Scripture say to you? What are you going to do with what God just showed you? And I write down in the book a couple of observations I make. The first one is we are a family. Look what he says. Brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters, what he called them. We're a family, guys. Revelation, we're a family. And because we're a family, we love each other and we forgive each other. And when we get mad at each other, we work through it. How many of you know, I, me and Kelly have been married 28 years. We've been married 28 years because we decided we weren't leaving. <laughs> I'm not leaving. She's not leaving. We're family. We're in this thing for the long haul. We're going to figure out how to work through it. Right? You don't throw your kids away because you get in an argument with them. They become, they become rebellious or disobedient. No, you figure out how we're going to work through it. It might take a week. It might take a month. It might take the next six months or the next six years. But we're family. And all of a sudden, you get a little revelation. You start chewing on that. We're family. Boy, he may be mad. We're family. She did me wrong. We're family. 
I can't believe that happened on my job. Maybe they are, maybe they're not family, but it wouldn't hurt to treat them like family. Think about what begins to happen when we begin to renew our minds. Take authority over our tongue and invite the Holy Spirit into every aspect of our lives. You know what happens? You begin to mount up on wings like eagles and soar. We have a responsibility to each other. We are our brother's keeper. We are called to warn, encourage, care, and be patient with everyone. Pastor Keith, that sure is simple. It's simple till you live it. But when you begin to chew on it, you begin to digest it, you begin to suck out of that stuff, everything that God has for you, and then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit begins to show you this is what you need to do, this is what you need to do, and this is how we're going to move forward. And it's amazing. What happens? It's amazing what happens. I want you just to bow your heads tonight. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe you're here this morning. We're going to wrap up. If you're here today, and maybe you don't know Jesus, maybe you've never been saved, prayer, fasting, giving is kind of a forethought to you, but you understand something this morning. God's been speaking to you. And that new life that you saw people celebrate at the beginning of the service through baptism, you know right now that's what you want. You want a new life in Christ. You realize you've sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's the greatest revelation you can ever get in light of the next revelation. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. And then Jesus is the Savior. That's the greatest. First revelation, I need God. Second revelation, Jesus is God. Those two truths will change your life forever. Today, if you're here and you want to make that decision to trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to ask you to do something very simple and very powerful. I say it every week. Simple. It's as simple as standing. It's as powerful as an act of faith. Faith changes your life. By faith we are saved. By faith we receive the things that God has for us. So if you're here this morning and you say, Pastor Keith, I want to be saved and accept Christ as my Lord and Savior, I want you just to stand up all over this building. Every head's bowed, every eye's closed. This is not about a public display. This is about a personal commitment that you're going to make to God today personal decision you're going to make to God, but you're going to exercise your faith. Faith without works is, is dead. It's nothing. So today, if you're here, you say, I want to accept Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want you just to stand right now. I'd love to pray with you in just a minute. We'd love to put some information in your hand, help you take those next steps, but this is your decision, and the Lord wants to help you make that. The second thing I want to do today is if you're here, and many of you are Christians, we're all saved, and praise God, we're a part of God's great big family. I want to challenge you to think about, am I speaking the Word? Am I meditating on the Word? Am I speaking life? And am I renewing my mind daily with the Word of God? And I, I pray this little book will help you do that, but whether you use the book or don't use the book, you need to declare the Word, and you need to meditate on the Word because it's life. So, Father, I just declare life over your people today. I thank you that we are a people that are fully alive in Christ. And, God, I thank you that we are family thank you that we're family and Lord I thank you that you've called us together and God that you have ministered by your spirit Lord today to each of us and God that you are literally giving lift to our lives Lord I can feel I can feel the breath of God raising us up today a new level of life and living a new level of speaking and thinking and a new level God of just knowing you 
So we thank you for that today. I pray your blessing, your grace over your people this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.